Well, good afternoon, good morning, and good evening. Whatever time of the day it is you're listening to this program, welcome to Philadelphia Eagles Talk with Jeff. And how's it going out there, uh, Eagle fans? Have you recovered from the debacle that was uh, Sunday afternoon where the 49ers uh, put boot the ass to our Philadelphia Eagles at the link lot to cover today. We're going to talk a little bit about uh, just kind of recapping the game a little bit more. I know I had the post game, um, and then we're going to get to dig into Dallas and talk about Shaq, who picked Philly over Dallas. So we do have already a little bit of a minor win versus the Cowboys this week. Without further ado, as promised, I told you I'd try to chase down Matt to talk Dallas, get a recap of the 49ers, get another viewpoint on the 49ers game. I was able to met some, uh, making time for us once again. So we welcome a good friend, Matt, back to the program. Matt, welcome back to Philadelphia Eagles Talk with Jeff. Hey, thanks for having me back on the show. Uh, always, always fun to talk Eagles football, especially as the season's winding down now. And we're in the middle of this uh, tough finish to the season. So lots of things to chit-chat about before we get to good old Dallas. Indeed, indeed. So um, now – I know that you were traveling during the game on Sunday. Were you able to, you know, either catch any highlights or, you know, the game in general? Yeah, so I had the game on, uh, I guess, a plug for NFL Plus here. I had it on my phone traveling over the mountain range between Pittsburgh and Virginia, and uh, I could see enough. So I had enough of a signal okay. to watch him on my phone. It's just I'm watching the road, too. So Yeah. Uh, well, it's probably good that you missed a, a lot of some of it too, because it was an ugly game for sure. But I just wanted to know—I knew you were traveling, so I wasn't sure if you had um, kind of a sense, of, like some of the things we might talk about, if you actually saw or not. Sounds like you—you you may have. Yeah, and I could see—you know—even I could see enough of it pretty well, like the, including uh, Reed Blankenship getting tackled on one of D. Sam, uh, Debo Samuel's touchdowns, but. For the most part, yeah. I didn't see all that intricately of just watching things almost like from the 700 level at the back. As gotcha. my view of my... <laughs> okay. All right. Well, then uh, give us your surmise, your thoughts about the game. I did have a post-game podcast, so I've, I've kind of um, given the audience what my thoughts were on it. But um, what's your take on, on what happened, why it happened? Um, are the 49ers that good? Um you know, just uh, what do you, what's, how would you kind of summarize what happened there yeah. on Sunday? So, first, first off, yes, the 49ers are that good, right? So, let's start there. Agreed. No need to in the Eagles' kingdom, but uh, right. they are that good. And clearly, Debo, Samuel, and McCaffrey and Kittle, they're all healthy. And that was what they can do to teams when those three guys are healthy at the same time. Um, yep. You know, there was the, you know, uh, I've seen some stats on James Bradbury that didn't even throw it his way, and he had a good game. But I'm like, but that's not what the Niners do. The Niners eat up that middle of the field mm-hmm. all the time. That's that's what Brock Purdy was being criticized for early in the year. Is oh, he can't throw it down the the numbers or the sideline. I'm like, no, he doesn't. Yeah, he doesn't do that. He rarely does that. Yeah. Yeah, he doesn't have to. All he has to do is throw accurately over the middle to Kittle, yep. Samuel, and McCaffrey. That's yep. it. Yep. So they perfected that. And on, and on the, you know, I'm not annoyed necessarily that 
their offense did that to our defense. Uh, if we couldn't get to Brock Purdy, which we didn't, then that was going to happen. So, and we couldn't. So, quick pass, the you know, typical Kyle Shanahan type offense type of things totally ate us, ate our lunch. Well, here's here's the thing, just just real quick, because I, I totally agree with you as far as the Eagles needed to get the Purdy. But what is interesting is what the heck happened between the first quarter and the rest of the game, because yeah. at the end of the first quarter. 49ers had negative two yards of total offense, and they were able to—they were unable to do anything. So, yep. now was it just adjustments that Shanahan made that led to that? Was it fatigue finally catching up to the Eagles, and they just—that was it? That was their last kind of uh, hurrah, you know, as they've been going through this really tough schedule. Ninety-two snaps were fault versus the uh, Buffalo Bills. Did that just catch up to them? Like, what do you think happened between the first quarter, which the Eagles looked almost dominant on defense? to absolutely yeah. getting torn apart the rest of the game. Yeah, I, I think you, you can't ever tell, you know, I think, um, you know, I think Kyle Shanahan's comments, he addressed that himself too. And I think he, uh, I forgot what the two plays were, but they, the Niners, they gave up the sack on the first drive. Uh, and then they, I can't remember what the play was or if they had penalties on that second drive of the game, but they were going backwards, right? So that first quarter, the first half, they were going backwards, but Shanahan basically summed it up as like, look, we were shooting ourselves in the foot there. Yeah. And as soon as we stopped shooting ourselves in the foot, we showed you what we're capable of doing. Yeah. So I, I largely agree with that. I largely agree with that. The Eagles just couldn't do anything in the second half against that offense. That No. That looked like I mean, the, the game that they had reminded me of the Eagles game last year when Hertz was healthy and Dak was out and the way that they just totally toyed with Michael Parsons last year yeah. between Goddard, Brown, and Jalen Hurts running. And I'm like, Purdy wasn't running on this, but they just totally manipulated the entire middle of the field and nobody could do anything about it. Well, so, I can't remember what analyst I was listening to, one of the guys who's on TV or the radio, who said, and he had some insight on the 49ers, kind of how Shanahan does things. And he's like, now Shanahan often does this. Like, it's almost part of his scheme where he, the first couple of series, like he does this almost every game where he'll just run his plays. But while he's doing that, he is actually looking at what the defenses are doing. And yep. he almost purposely like, no, like he, it's almost like part of his strategy. It's like first two downs, no matter what, we're going to do this. And this is going to allow us to figure out what the defense is doing. And then we're going to make these adjustments. And then we're going to go this way or that way. Or we're going to do this. We're going to do that. So I totally I, believe that's part of it because that's exactly how it felt. It, it like, definitely oh, felt that way. It, it yeah. felt like we were like, we were like slow playing poker. Like, ah, I didn't realize you had the freaking full house of aces over jacks. Way to play it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's, yeah, it's almost like the Eagle. they couldn't do anything against the Eagles for those first couple of series. And then the Eagles couldn't do anything for the rest of the game, second, third, and fourth quarter, to stop them at all. Six consecutive scoring touchdown drives. Now, now again, that's a good team. And if their offense is clicking, I kind of expect that. Like, okay, we're going to have to score some points. Yeah. But that's more disappointing. I'm not not as disappointed with the defense as I am with the offense for this game. So interesting. Okay. Well, I mean, I think I, I kind of tend to agree with you and we're going to get into the offense. I'm going to definitely talk about uh, Hertz specifically because I definitely don't think it was one of his strongest games. And I have a lot of concern, not a lot of concerns, but I have like 
former concerns. I guess I'll put it that way after watching him play this game, and we'll get into that. Um, well, no, let's get into it now because um, the next um, the next topic of conversation well, is a little bit side. For, so let's talk about um, Hertz specifically. Now, I, I had my post game, and I saw out of Hertz during watching that game, I was very frustrated because, and I said to the audience, which I haven't had a chance to do yet, I'm like, I can't wait to watch the all 22 tapes. So I could see some overhead on these plays because there had to be at least five, six handful of times that I can recall where Hertz had six, seven seconds of time to throw the ball somewhere and didn't do it. And this is some of the things that he was doing, having issues reading defenses or being hesitant or, um, you know, early on in his career that I said he needed to fix in order to become, you know, the quarterback we were all hoping to become. So to me, yeah. seeing that in this, that game was alarming because it's a huge step backwards, and I don't understand why that would happen. Is he regressing in his ability to read defenses? Is he hesitant to throw the ball for whatever reason? Because you got to tell I mean, you, it's hard to believe that A.J. Brown and Devontae Smith were being covered for six or seven seconds down the field. It's it's hard for me to believe that. So yeah. Um, that's my biggest takeaway on Hertz, and he was, and he's been before he did that the last couple weeks, and I've been talking about this on the podcast. He's also regressed in terms of not staying in the pocket and being quick to run out of the pocket. That's still there, kind of seeing ghost uh, pressure that's not necessarily there. So that's another thing that's a step backwards. So I don't know. Those are my thoughts on Hertz. What? What have you seen? What is what? What do you see? Am I being too hard on him? What's what's what do you think? No, you're not being too hard on him. So let's. To me, he looked healthy. So let's just scratch that off the off right. The plate. He does um, look better. Yeah. Ellie's battling injury. You can see, you can tell when he does run the ball that he is more like the old Hurts of last year when he's running. He's, Agree. He's taking yeah. his foot in the ground and making a cut, and he's driving his shoulders forward. But right. Being said, maybe that. Maybe that tendency to run even more quickly occurs, but as soon as he, when he doesn't understand, and I don't know why the coaches aren't all open for this, as soon as he steps that way, the linemen lose their ability to block. Like, right. if he stays between the linemen, then they can block and keep them off of him. But as soon as he steps or tries to move, then the linemen are letting go because it's going to be a hold, and then he gets tackled two or three right. yards. And as I've said from the beginning, defenses, when they were, before he had the huge improvements he had last year, defenses then only had to worry about covering half the field when he scrambles over to the right. You know, yeah, it, it helped, you know, it, it almost felt like, it almost felt like he can't see. Like, cause no other explanation makes sense to me. When he had six seconds to throw the ball, he's back way behind the line. Like he oh yeah. He keeps, to... yeah, he kept backing up and pointing downfield. Like, you know, go deeper. He was like, it was like backyard football type stuff. Yeah, and there's no way that works in the NFL. And I'm like, no other successful quarterback ever keeps going backwards. No, they, just call, just ask Carson Wentz. In that pocket, to just work their way up and shift and slide, and then throw the ball and make a pass. With all that time, I just it's hard. You can't tell me that Demonte Smith and AJ Brown and these receivers weren't open. Right. Um, so I don't know where his eyes were or where he was looking at. I'm sure the all 22 would reveal that, but. The fact that he just didn't let the ball go, 
Like, throw the ball. Like, you can't tell me that they're doubling both of those guys. Yeah. You can only double one. You can't double Smith and A.J. Brown. Not so for that long. No. And put the ball up and let them make a play. And I don't understand why that didn't happen. And if It's almost if, like he's if, hesitant to if, do it. Like, he's afraid suddenly to throw an interception yeah. or to throw the ball. I don't – it's the thing that makes – I'm trying to rationalize it. but If it's man-on-man coverage – uh, one-on-one, then I believe Brown and Smith can win. And if it's zone coverage... Oh, yeah, well, they've proven win. that, for where, sure. Yeah. Uh, where are the crossing routes that get people open in zones, throwing it in the tight windows? So, he didn't do any of that. And whether that was part of the play calling or him, but I don't believe it was play calling in this one. So, I don't either. all the folks Brian Johnson's head, I'm like, the quarterback had seven seconds to throw yeah, the ball. Exactly. So, yeah, exactly. It can't be that. So, and there has been some released pictures, like still photos, uh, from the All-22 I've seen today. I haven't watched the video yet, but there's been some still shots where they don't have it, like, showing downfield of who was open or not, but literally Gainwell sitting there, or Swift, I think it was, yeah. standing basically 12 yards in front of Hurts, nobody near him, and, and Hurts didn't throw the ball, throw it to him. No, and you got to take what the defense is giving you. The offensive line protected at an A-plus level the entire game. And Hurts threw the ball at like a D minus level the entire game. He did. And it was a bad game for him. Why they lost. I mean, in the nutshell, that's why they lost. Now, the only thing I'd give against the game plan or the calling is the fact that they still almost looked like Andy Reid offense from when he was stale as an Eagles coach. Where's the run? Game? Yeah, completely abandoned so the run. It, it, was, it was almost back to like Doug Peterson's time where they're like, oh, we ran it twice. So we, we only got two yards. So we just said, can it. We're not going to run it again the rest of the game. Yeah. That's how it felt. So yeah, that, no, it, that was absolutely. Why with our game against the Niners. At the same time, I'm glad they got punched in the face before they have to play Dallas. So hopefully this team responds. Yeah. Now, the good thing about Hurts is he's usually good at taking coaching. So if they break down that tape this week and they're like, yo, you got to throw the ball. Throw the ball. I don't care if it's intercepted. I don't care. Just throw it. You got seven seconds. Yep. Yep. Mark Sanchez can be successful in this offense. Well, that much time, absolutely. Throw the ball. Yeah. So let's throw the ball. Like you can't. He definitely looked timid, and his legs looked healthy, but he looked timid throwing the ball. He definitely so, did. Yeah. And those are those are major concerns because that yeah, is, an, you know, it's only one game, so I'm not going to get too crazy over it, but I'm definitely going to point it out. That that is potential regression here, and a guy that's not supposed to be regressing at this stage of his career. But those are some of the old habits that he had, you know, during his rookie year and his first year in the league. Now, here's the deal. If you go back, though, to that last drive against the Bills, you know, he did throw balls that were on time. Oh, yeah. So it's like, yeah, okay. That's why I'm not going to go crazy over it, but I don't know what happened between, you know, seven days time. Where suddenly, where he's throwing those type of throws, like the one to uh, what's his name in the back of the end zone, Achilles, right? Is that his name? Yeah, yeah. From that type of throw, and even the one he threw to Devontae Smith, he wasn't wide open. And that was a guy. He had a guy in front of him and a guy behind him. Oh. Um, the the Achilles throw though was a typical hurt scramble. So that's yes. that's the part of football that may have resurfaced. It's like, oh, he tried to. Yeah, now he problem. thinks he can do it all the time. Right. Yeah. Play. Yeah. Instead of just letting it go. And, Open when he's open, and if you miss those, yeah, there was uh, a lot of Carson Wentz type 
of plays in that yeah. game where he would just hike the ball and start moving back and looking around and pointing for guys to go there and go this and waiting to the last second to do something. And, and that's Turn not, you're not going to, yeah. Giving up the sack. I mean, that was, that was totally Carson Wentz uh, reminiscent right yes. there. I know just fell over. Oh, yeah. What are you doing? Yeah. Like, yeah, that was a huge. That was a huge, yeah, faux pas for sure. Yeah, that, co- that was a costly, costly move there. Yep. No, um, that's the first person to admit it, though. That's the difference between him and Wentz. Exactly. Be like, I sucked. I sucked it. Sucked it up. Can't do that. Exactly. Wentz would be that's like, the oh, difference. Well, you know, we did this and we could do this better. And we, we, we. And I'm like, no, you suck. Yeah. You suck. Her, yeah, Wentz never took any uh, self criticism yeah. and he never took any accountability. And, no. uh, and he never, obviously, he never put any effort into improving his game at all. He just thought, oh, this is the way I play, and sorry if you don't like yeah. it, you know. Um, oh, so to wrap up the Niners game, uh, I would rather see him win against the Niners, but it took a loss. The loss is a good loss to see because now they can hopefully get their heads out of butts if that's where their heads were and realize that they still have to fight for this finish of the season, really lose anything in that loss statistically they're still fully in charge of their own destiny so right yeah yeah and, and you know, i don't want this whole to be a doom and gloom you know podcast but we gotta you know point out the point out the bet you know and uh, there was a lot of bad in that game and it's a lot of the 49ers being good too like you said earlier they're a damn good team no doubt and i don't think that surprised most of us we i think we we know that the 49ers are, are good uh very good and uh, the other thing about him, and I've always said this about Debo Samuel, I've said this many times, there's a few players in the league that I would love to have on the Eagles, and he is one of them. He's always been one of my uh, one of the players in the league that I would just be like, man, I'd love to see a guy like that in Eagles green because the guy, number one, he's a very unique type of wide receiver where he is hard to bring down. He runs like a running back. And, yeah, I would, you know, he does a lot of trash talking. He did a lot, certainly, in this game. But he also, much like Deion Sanders, he backed it up. The guy, the guy who had three touchdowns. So, yeah. um, but I love his game. I just love how physical he is as a wide receiver. He's very talented, yeah. and um, and he was a huge part of that game for sure. I mean, that, obviously, that goes without saying. But um, but they're very talented. You got you got to stop Debo in that offense. The the you know, they got one of the best tight ends in the league. You got McCaffrey, who's the best running back in the league. And you got Ayuk is a, is a deep threat down the field. Yeah, they have everything they need: a good line, good defense, really good defense. And um, there's no doubt that is the Eagles' biggest um, challenge. You know, this year if they're going to get back to Super Bowl, it is going to have to go through the 49ers. I would be shocked if otherwise. Um, yeah. All right. Any other closing thoughts on the 49ers before we move forward? Because now we'll move on, to shift gears here a little bit. Nope, shift gears, move forward. All right, here we go. So one of the uh, – I may mention to it in early on is one of the victories, small victory, but it's a victory. Um, former All-Pro linebacker, and I'm going to go through the stats. And, and uh, This guy was one hell of a linebacker for his four, first four years in the league, and I'm going to go over that in a minute. But the key to remember – key thing to remember is um, – by the way, I'm talking about Shaq Leonard, um, formerly Darius Leonard, uh, of the uh, Indianapolis Colts, who 
met with both the Cowboys and Eagles last week and decided on the Eagles. So he did sign a uh, one year, basically he signed for the rest of the year, just a one year contract with the Eagles and could not happen at a better time after the Eagles horrendous linebacker performance I mean, uh, against the Cowboys. called him back and was like, Hey, uh, I got some sweetness for that pot, so don't <laughs> yeah. go anywhere. I'm going to up if the ante a little bit. Sweet, we need a linebacker, so sign with us, and here's some extra bucks. Now, so here's the thing. What type of impact is he going to make here in Philly? Now, here's the thing. This is not the same guy that I was just kind of raving about about his career. Now, let me just – I'm going to throw these stats at you just so you kind of understand what type of player this guy was. Okay. Now he's had two back surgeries, which is why he's not been the same player, understandably. Uh, but he's trying to make his work his way back. Um, and um, I got a soundbite from him directly uh, from today's um, press conference as well. But listen to this guy's stats during the first four years of his career. This was his statistics. Okay. Four years, 332 tackles, 30 tackles for losses, 11 interceptions one for a touchdown, and 17 forced fumbles in four years. Wow. That is incredible. <laughs> I mean, I looked at those stats and I'm like, I mean, I knew he was good, but I never you know, I never paid that close attention to the Colts. But in four years, 332 tackles, 30 of them for a loss, 11 picks from a linebacker in four years, one of them each returned for a touchdown, and 17 forced fumbles. I mean, those come off the page. That's like Lawrence Taylor type numbers. Yeah. That, I think Dick Buckett had 17 interceptions in his career. I didn't even look at his sacks. I didn't even check stat, sacks. So who knows how many sacks he had? I probably should have looked that up. But So here's the thing. We're not getting, for those Eagle fans out there, and I'm sure most of you guys understand this, but I'll say it anyway. We're not getting that player. Okay. he's He's had two back surgeries. Okay. That is an injury. And those are surgeries that are not like even ACL injuries where you know that the guy, at least within a year or so, is going to have pretty much almost be the same player with modern technology and all that. Back surgeries are totally different. Number one, they're risky to begin with. You know, they, they surgeons will tell most back patients that the surgery could actually even make uh, the injury worse. So it's a very tricky uh, surgery and procedure. Now, he's oh. working his way back. He's a year or so removed from it. And you'll hear him talk about it. I, I got a quick like minute soundbite where he actually talks a little bit more about where he's at and and kind of what he went through. I thought it was interesting, but um, but at the same time, okay, I just ran through his career numbers. If we get one quarter of those that type of player, okay, thirty percent, let's just say, of that player, he's better than any linebacker we have on our roster. Yeah, just in the in the ability to read and know what's coming. Like, that's, that's right. what we're missing big time. You know, Dean wasn't there. Morrow's not there. Cunningham was there, and we saw what happens when Cunningham's not there. Um, and Dallas can can manipulate that just as much with their tight end and with CeeDee Lamb and with Pollard as well. So they got to get that fixed. He should be on the field, but they need somebody, some sort of veteran leadership at that position. Absolutely. Uh, we had said that last year we would have – wanted to see them sign Mike Edwards, right? Didn't we want Mike Oh, yeah. We, we wanted to – well, it's not Mike Edwards. Okay. Um, it was uh, – he's got initials, isn't it? J.T. Edwards or something like that. J.D. Edwards? What was the guy's name? 
You're talking about the guy that went to, to the Chicago, right? TJ. TJ Edwards. Yeah, I knew it was a I knew he had a uh, initials. Yeah, TJ yeah, Edwards, yes. Who's having, by yeah. the way, I don't know if you if you know this. Do you know he leads the NFL in tackles? I believe it, because they're running all over the Bears. <laughs> yeah. He leads the NFL yeah. in tackles. The guy, yeah, that was a mistake. I mean, there's no way because he didn't sign for a bazillion dollars. Now, Howie, of course, we know the Eagles, they don't like to put any money in the linebacker position. But yeah. at some point, and I think we're at that point now, it is biting the Eagles hard that they have been overlooking the linebacker position yeah. too much. Like, he's gone too far now. You know? Well, if you can sign Julio Jones midseason, does that mean you had enough money to really sign Edwards for three years? Yeah, you know, exactly. Like- and I don't know, we haven't got the disclosure as far as, you know, uh, what um, Leonard they signed him for. Now, now keep in mind, this is the other thing about uh, Leonard. The Colts actually are paying $6 million to cut him. They're eating cap. Yeah. So that's that's what I'm trying to say. Listen, this is not the same player that the stats I just gave you. But, nope. you know, hopefully the, the idea is here that as he's further removed from the surgery – and again, I'm going to play the soundbite here in a second. Uh, he'll talk about kind of you know uh, some some things that's uh, relevant to our discussion here. Um, that he is uh, he should be an upgrade over what we have, and you know we'll see we'll see how it all pans out. But before so I've referenced it a couple times, let me just play this really quick. This is a soundbite from today from the newest Eagle. Uh, Shaq Leonard talking a little bit about his uh, surgery, and uh, it's about a minute sound like here. So here we go. I'm not. It's just, you know, with back surgery, you got to, you know, I couldn't, couldn't run for five or six months. So, you know, I got to get back to, you know, getting my feet back up under me, making the right steps, um, make sure I don't fall steps, stuff like that. So it's just more so getting back to muscle memory because I couldn't do it for a while. Do you feel like you're back, like fully back to, to the form that you were at before? Is there anything that still feels like it needs to be sharpened or is different that you've had to adjust to? I think it's more so, um, you know, just playing. You know, just playing the right way, um, just kind of getting used to uh, playing off the left side. I think that's about it. And when you stumble what happened in Indy and how badly do you want to prove that, and, hey, I'm still a player in these things? Can you ask that again, please? And when you stumble by what happened in Indy and how badly do you want to prove to people, hey, I, I'm still in the top of the player in this thing? Um, of course I was stunned, but, you know, this thing is a business. Um, and, you know, I respect their decision uh, to to move forward. Uh, I wish them nothing but the best. And, of course, it's not just proving the Indy, you know, that I can still play. I want to prove to myself that, I, you know, I still can play. And that's why I continue to just grind as hard as all right so there's a little bit about what he had to say today they asked him obviously a few more questions but um so there you go i mean he's he's very realistic about where he's at and um but he's also confident that he's going to be able to help this team so um you know we got to hope that you know he's going to be able to you know help and like you were saying some of his experience even if he's not the same player physically, you have to think that reading defenses, he's probably going to be calling the defense, I'd imagine. Maybe, I don't know about that. Maybe not. Maybe he's probably not. I think at somewhere, some point in the season he probably will because uh, he's the most experienced linebacker outside of Cunningham. Who, by the way, Cunningham actually limited practice today. There was initially thought earlier in the week that he was definitely not going to make the Cowboy game. But now it looks like um, that barring any setbacks, that Cunningham uh, is going to be available for Dallas. And that would be huge because he is yeah. – we know he's our best linebacker by far. 
And then if you pair him with Leonard, because Leonard will be starting because they did release also uh, Christian Ellis. So he was released today. So he's gone. You know what's crazy? Ellis made that one play on the first series. He did. It was a great play. Yeah, it was. I'm like, who's this guy? Yeah. This is great. Yeah, and then he was horrible the rest of the game. Yep. (laughs) He didn't play well at all the rest of the game. Like, he was out of position. Yeah, so... Um, you know, you feel for the kid because he was kind of put into a tough spot to have his yeah. first career NFL start be against the 49ers deep, uh, offense. That's that's a little bit, you know, that's asking for a yeah. lot. Um, so hopefully he, you know, he might be a guy that comes back in the practice squad at some point or maybe he'll catch on with another yeah. team. But anyway, um, your thoughts on Leonard real quick before we uh, move on. So what do you what do you think about you know the Leonard acquisition and and how we could help help the defense? Well, would have been better to keep T.J. Edwards, but we'll settle for Leonard because nobody else is working out on that linebacker position besides Zach Cunningham. So I don't. I, that's really where my thoughts are at. We'll see what he has. That'll be obvious on uh, Sunday night, right? I guess. So, yeah, you know, probably is a stopgap. And you know, is he better than Mark Simino? Sure. <laughs> is he better than uh, who was the Matthews kid that we had? That oh my God. Really- we had the only Matthews in the family that could not play football. Casey, yeah, is he better than Casey Matthews? Probably. Is he? Yeah. Is he? Uh, you know, Fred Warner? No. So, right. So right. Hopefully, yeah. Hopefully, something in the middle is hopefully enough to go with that defensive line. Um, and, and then we'll just see where it goes from there. The the you know the Cowboys will definitely challenge him enough. That's for sure. Yeah, no doubt. They're gonna they're gonna definitely uh, go after him. But I, I think that it's definitely a, a good pickup at this point in the season to get a guy who's a former All Pro. Yes, he's not the same player coming off surgery and all this. But to get a guy like this, you know, you're not gonna find this late in the season after the trade line anybody better than a than a than a Leonard coming in. So from that perspective, it's a you know the Eagles kind of got lucky. But we'll see, we'll see. Maybe he's gonna be. I mean, maybe this guy is he's further removed from the injury. Um, or surgeries, you know, becomes more of a player. Uh, he'll never return to what he once was, you know, doubtful. But um, we'll see. It should be interesting to see. Nevertheless, I think it was a good move, and thankfully he chose the Eagles because we definitely need help in linebacker. Well, even, even in the classroom, his mind will be very helpful to these young guys that don't have any experience. Exactly, yeah. Um, trying to think of some I other – The other uh, thing uh, is – Yep. The other thing is that might help him is now the Colts where he was just formerly playing because, you know, his stats aren't up to what he used to be. But the Colts don't have a defensive line like the Eagles do that can allow running backs like or linebackers like him to do their jobs. So yeah. he should he should actually be more impactful on the Eagles than he was with the Colts just because the Eagles have a much better defensive line. So that should trend positively in his direction. Um, all right. So we talked about Cunningham. The other injured Eagles so far this week, uh, Slay is on the injured list with a knee issue. Like apparently he got hurt and left the game at the very end. So that's something to kind of keep our eyes on as we get closer to the game time or game day. I have an update later this week on that. And then Fletcher Cox, who still is battling his hamstring or his groin issue. But as we know, he didn't practice at all last week and still played. So, I think uh, Cox will probably uh, be in the same similar type of situation this week. Um, 
So the other good news, like I said, no more big doom and gloom here coming off that uh, beating there on Sunday. Dallas Goddard is going to return for Dallas, ironically. So that is an immediate boost, especially for Wentz if he is or, or hurts. Jeez, see see how close they're playing right now. <laughs> I just called Hurts Wentz. Wow, I'll never do that again. I hope. Um, so with Hurts struggling a little bit, you know the fact that Goddard coming back to this offense is, should be a nice boost for the team and Hurts specifically. Yeah, I was a little disappointed that when he was out, they just completely abandoned throws to the tight end. I think Stall caught one pass in that span, and that was against the Niners. And I'm like, otherwise they didn't even look a tight end's way. So I'm like, right. That's true. I, I just don't get. Don't get the Eagles sometimes where they're like, oh, we lost this guy, so now we're going to completely revamp everything. I'm like, no, what about the next man up? Like, just continue to play the offense and any tight end. Yeah, and Stoll has good hands. Like, he never drops anything. You know? I don't know if I lost you there, Matt, but uh, we'll wait for you to get back if we did. Um, so Matt's also traveling again, so he might have, we may have lost his connection here. So... Um, the other issue with the yeah we did so we're gonna we're gonna have Matt call back in we just uh, he just dropped the line here all right so give me a second we'll get him back on all right so talking about the Cowboys now it's another monumental task in this sense and number one Dallas has a good team but they have won 14 straight games in Dallas yeah they're good. So, yeah, this is another tall task for our Eagles. Um, we knew this was going to be a tough stretch for them. They have one blemish so far against the 49ers, but it might be, you know, this is what you kind of hope for, that they got stomped on so bad. This team's got a lot of self-respect for themselves and a lot of um, pride, and you hope that that shines through and that they. this is kind of like a wake-up call or – you know, kind of a jolt that, hey, listen, you know, we got to mind our P's and Q's, another tough game. We're going to be on the road. You know, it's one of those things where I think the Eagles, I kind of expect them to play a pretty good game this weekend. What are your What are your thoughts? Well, so everyone's hoping for that, right? Um, but Dak is so tough to beat at home, and they really, you know, if, you, if he doesn't step out of bounds, they beat the Eagles two weeks ago. Yeah, we were there. So yeah. you, you've got to – you know, that, and that's kind of been the criticism for this Eagles team is, oh, they're not really as strong as they look because they've kind of been beneficial of some of these weird things that have happened late. Right, um, that's true. Between Dak stepping out of bounds, Valdez Scantling missing the bomb uh, against when they were playing the Chiefs. Um, you know, they handled the Bills. That, that I would say, they did on their own. That last drive of that game especially. Yeah. Uh, they earned, but... Um, you know, so I think that's the way it goes in this NFC East. When you're talking Niners, Cowboys, uh, and Eagles, if you're not on your A game when you're playing any of those other teams, you're going to get steamrolled. Like yep. there is no chance for flukiness to catch up. So I, I think, I think this might be, you know, it's definitely going to be another loss if they show up with some sort of slickness or timidness. Or weak game plan, like they're, they yeah. get stopped. I, I agree. And here's the thing: the Eagles in the last six weeks in the NFL. Now, this is of every team in the entire league. 
the Eagles have the worst defense in the league. They are dead last in the last six weeks of football. Well, you haven't seen uh, multitudes of sacks even. You've seen one or two a game. Where's the five or six right. that were? I mean, if, in, if, if that goes to seven weeks, the Eagles obviously are not going to win this game. So no, their defense that, needs to freaking go to work this weekend because that, that is unacceptable. That plus, that plus the run game, right? I think that's why I'm disappointed as an Eagles fan is I'm like, just run the ball. Like, okay, things aren't working. Just run the ball. Run the ball. You got Devontae's, DeAndre Swift, and you got Gamewell. You can run and pound this ball, and why not activate Penny? It just rotate those I know. three backs through. At this point, you're like, why did you guys even pick up Penny? Yeah. Why? He's just bench. So. Why? It doesn't I mean, make sense at all. doesn't make sense at all. Yeah, so we'll um... – so just real quick, I was going to wrap things up here. Uh, I know you got to run. Um, I'm going to have probably my post game a little bit later this week when we get a better idea as far as the uh, injuries and so forth. So I'm going to have you give your prediction and how you kind of see this game going and what your keys to the game are for for the Eagles to come out of this game with a huge road win that would go a long way for them to just keep securing that number one seed because they go go they lose this game. And suddenly, they're tied with Dallas, they're tied with the 49ers, and most likely tied with Detroit, all with yeah. an eight, um, with a 10-3 record. So then you're looking for, then you're looking from going to the number one seed to obviously either the number two seed at best, and then a possibility yeah. of losing the division to the Cowboys, then you're the wildcard team and on the road to all the playoffs. So that's, yeah, but- that's the position Eagles are now potentially in. My, my take on the playoffs is whatever seed that we can get where the Niners and Cowboys have to play each other before we play them is the seed we want. Let those two teams beat the crap out of each other. We'll take whoever's standing. This happened last year. Yeah. 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 And that's the best way to go. Otherwise, it's two really tough games in a row. All right. Um, so how did the Eagles win this game? Not to sound like John Madden, but they have to score. They're not going to keep the Cowboys from scoring any less than 28 points. That's I would start there. They're not going to score. Not with the defense playing the way it is. That's true. So, so that means the Eagles have to score 35 or 40 points in this game. And so to do that, they're going to need an excellent game plan from the OC. They're going to need Jalen Hurts to not be timid. They're going to probably have to have some run that he is uh, designed runs that he takes advantage of. But they're going to also have to run the ball. Those are the things that they have to do. We know the receivers can catch. We know the receivers can get open. We know Goddard being back with the plus. Yep. So it's really just put the pedal to the metal and stop effing around. Mash them up. Especially running the ball, knowing that your defense is not going to stop anybody yeah. lately. Run the ball in time of possession. I would watch tape all week long of when Deuce Staley surprised everybody and ran for 220 yards or something. Against hand, out, the hand out pickle juice to everybody. Mash them. Mash them, mash them, and score. That's what I would do with this team. Keep that offense on the bench. Right. And just what happened to the Eagles' offense that was the first half of the season of ball control, thirteen-minute drives, and score. Like that's what we need. Not I don't know what what we've been doing lately, but we haven't been doing that. That's what we need to do to win this game. Yeah, and Seattle exposed Dallas's defense. I mean, they they put up thirty points against Dallas in Dallas just last week or the last game. Yep. Right, so and Seattle doesn't have the type of offense the Eagles do, so it can be done. And hopefully the Eagles are looking at what they did on tape, because I mean, yep. you know, AJ Brown 
is very similar in size and build and stature to DK Metcalf. So you got a guy that not many teams can say, hey, we got our own DK Metcalf and A.J. Brown. How many teams can say that? Eagles can. And he smoked uh, Brand that game, or Bland. Uh, and if Geno can throw that ball, then Jalen Hurts, you're, you should be at least as good as Geno Smith. Exactly. So I would attack that guy with A.J. Brown. I don't know if they're going to put him on A.J., but either way, even Devontae Smith, you know, he beat him during the first game when we were at this year. A.J. Brown beat him in the corner for a touchdown. So, yeah. you know, and they, they already know how to minimize um, Mika Parsons. The RPO game, maybe bring that back. We haven't seen that really much of that this year for weeks. But we know that's effective versus the Cowboys. Because that keeps the, Mika at bay. O-line is healthy, so we should have time to throw. It's just going to be Jalen. Throw the ball. Right. Throw the ball and we win. All right. So I'm going to let you go here. Give me a, give us a prediction, and then, uh, then we'll wrap this up. All right. Cowboys 28, Eagles 17. So Matt is going to have the Cowboys winning against the Eagles. Now, going back to our preseason predictions, both you and I had the Eagles losing this game. So that shouldn't really surprise anybody. The problem is the Eagles really need to win this game. Um, but Matt has them losing the game to the Cowboys, and that means that uh, he has them tied with the Cowboys at the end of this end of this week. So uh, I'll give I'll hold off for now and give my prediction a little bit later. Um, but I will say that before the season started, I have I had him losing this game also. Will I change my mind? That we will find out in a future podcast. So there's your tease to leave you for today. Matt, thank you again for uh, joining the program. Always welcome to come back whenever. And uh, thanks for making the time. Yeah, thanks for having me on. And, um, you know, let's uh, I hope I'm wrong with my prediction. Let's go Sunday night. Go Birds. Go Birds. Even though we predict against them sometimes, and pick against them doesn't mean we aren't rooting for them full throttle as always. So thank you again for tuning in to Philadelphia Eagles Talk with Jeff. We'll be back later in the week with another little preview of the Cowboys-Eagles. Until then, take care. Fly. Eagles fly.